Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bubble control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money. Start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Mark Corona. Cheers. I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow. That was heavy. Boom. We are live. What's up, guys? Uh, Welcome to another week of blockchain and booze. I actually didn't check. I think, if I remember correctly, we're number 87. Number 87? 79? I, I'm seeing 79. I totally maybe reverse numbers from last night. I don't know. But number 79, uh, if I'm checking correctly, which is really, really epic. Thank you, everyone uh, in the community that's online. I'm seeing a ton of you in the chats already. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really excited because um, we've got some, some return guests. We've got some old friends. And we've got a new guest who... I sort of kind of threw under the bus last week, which is how we got on the show. So it's going to be pretty fun. But but Becky, Shiv, uh, Eric, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, shit. I just left my drink back there. Cheers. Oh. Boom. <laughs> Uh-oh. Shiv, Shiv dropped. He'll be back, I'm sure. Um, we'll throw him on the screen. But um, guys, welcome to uh, another episode of Blockchain and Booze. We've been talking NFTs nonstop lately, and, and we have a little announcement to make because Draper going home, uh, just before we jump in, has had blockchain and booze now for, for almost two years, right? So so long that I'm forgetting what episode it is. And um, we've invested in companies we've met uh, doing this. We've, met, we've hired people that we met through this. Our companies have hired people. It's just so much fun. Uh, that this thing turned into what it is today, that a few of the crew are actually coming together. Adele corrected me, 79. Um, A few of the crew are coming together and doing an NFT drop right now and starting a little thing called NFT Family. So so the first drop is actually going to happen a week from today. We're going to have Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park on the show. And uh, he might be a part of the drop in some cool way. But check this out. Boring Stone Magazine drop is happening October 5th. We'll tell you more about it next time. Oh, here's a cool uh, picture of my original one with the stack of, of Boring Stones. But, but 
But anyway, it's going to be awesome. We're going to give uh, some, there's going to be a few Easter eggs and we're going to be giving love to a Fame Lady Squad, uh, um, which Ashley is a part of and um, uh, Shiv's company is actually helping make it happen. So it's going to be a ton, a ton of fun, but it's kind of a community effort. The first community generative NFT drop uh, that we're doing. It's going to be rad. But, but anyways, um, why don't we go through our guests because uh, uh, way cooler than I am and do some introductions. Ashley, why don't you start first? Ashley, I'm also known as Bored Becky on Twitter and many places in the Discord. Um, Becky's my ape, so she's my little persona, but I'm also the uh, smart contract owner for Fame Lady Squad. So for those of you who may not know, we're the like community take back project and we're pretty excited about what Fame Lady Squad's doing right now. So yeah, that's, that's me and I'm sitting in a hotel right now doing like total double duty with in real life and now all the responsibilities that come with NFTs, <laughs> which includes beer. That's right. It, yeah. it, it helps. Um, uh, Eric, last week yeah. we, we kind of um, we mentioned the people's potato and we were talking yeah. about spam and NFTs and because I found those uh, NFTs in my uh, in my wallet but didn't know where they came from. So you are you are behind that. So we're going to ask you about that in a bit. But first, yeah. tell us tell us about yourself and. Sure. Uh, by the way, I like your uh, Apple. Uh, is that that's not that's an Apple? Which 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 is that? I used to have an yeah. Apple Two E. Yes, that's a Mac Classic Two, but it's called a uh, Macintosh Performer Two Point It was just rebranded and uh, elsewhere, but it's been modded to have a uh, a new LCD screen. And I was doing when I was doing like when we were considering trash art displays which, you know, I'm a part of the yeah. trash art community. I was trying to figure out a really cool way to display my, my collection. And so I just modded that, but I'm Eric, uh, Eric Paul Rhodes. Uh, I go by the, by the pseudonym second realm in the space. I've been an NFT artist. I mean, and I'm an artist my entire life, but an NFT artist since uh, mid 2019. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's see. I, um, I helped create the trash art movement and and the alt punk movement so that's uh, really what i'm all about pushing those boundaries so cool thank thanks for joining us eric and shiv shiv i've known now for probably like five years four or five years yeah, um, yeah it's so. weird to say about somebody you met in the crypto space but shiv uh shiv i'll give let shiv tell his background shiv go yeah, I was a founder of Block Party uh, 2017. It was an NFT ticketing company. Um, you know, kind of ran that for a while. And then we pivoted into an NFT marketplace 2019. And then I spun out a company called Moonwalk, which does NFTs uh, again. Uh, but we're doing more NFT utility and generative collections now. So, that, you know, I've, I've been, been able to wrangle Elon into to creating his own generative collection, which he's, he's been, we've been back and forth on the phone for the last couple of weeks, just like figuring out how to, how to do everything. But uh, we met Alan, like uh, I was speaking at a couple of different crypto invest summit conferences for the last, since 2018. And so we've, you know, we've had a lot of, lot of history together. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. It is funny when you start going back and realizing like, oh man, like at the time, 
I don't know. Like, I think it, when you're in certain things, it feels like either you're way too early or like it's finally going to happen. But even when you feel it's finally going to happen, when you're really, really early, in hindsight, it's like even crazier. So to think 2017 NFT ticketing, like it, like today it's insanely early and still kind of a stretch to think it's going to be adopted by mainstream in a short period of time. But it's finally happening now, right? So how many years early were you were you when it came to that stuff is, is pretty pretty wild um it i don't know it's uh if you start looking at the the people in the chat and looking at what we have going on and where nfts are with top shots and some things like that's starting to get mainstream but it's still so so so, so early um so, so eric let's let i want to hear the the saga for everybody in the community that's that's watching we got a bunch in the chat and a bunch um watching on lunar crush live oh by the way lunar crush live is where we're streaming thank you thank you to blockchain radio like half of the episodes i forget to mention blockchain radio and they are amazing they restream these all week long um and and so if you are uh, if you listen to blockchain radio you get the piece there and they're awesome pierre who runs it is is a rad dude and i appreciate them a lot um so eric last week i mentioned yeah. the people's potato i said like what the hell like i started going through like below the fold old stuff in my uh in my crypto wallet and I was just like what what is this people's potato thing and I used it as some silly example of spam but I was corrected in the in the Twitter threads like how real and cool of a project it is so I want that was one of the reasons why we wanted you on this week so you could tell us about it and yeah. so that we could all nerd out on some some old school fun stuff yeah old so school thing you know a year or two ago Oh yeah, 2020. It's it feels like it's been forever. Um, I mean, so the people's potato was really a response to the discussion of scarcity and rarity. And at the time, we're talking mid 2020, so we didn't have any of the 10k PFP projects. They were just not around at this point. So a yeah. lot of the focus was on art and fine art and digital art, and you know, bringing in um, particular bringing in tradesmen from game design and other things like that and introducing them to this to this world, this new marketplace and this new ecosystem where they could take their trade and actually earn earn money from their trade, um, which and, and be an artist, right? And at the time there were a lot of I'll be kind. There were a lot of people, influencers, who were pushing the idea that an artist only should mint a certain amount at a specific time. And because what's important here is the scarcity and rarity to, to that artist, you know, to the collector. And um, I was really railing against this because as an artist, you create all the time. I have things that never make the light of day. So art is not scarce to me. It's not rare. It's available. It's all around me. Um, so the idea that a collector would go ahead and tell me what I should and shouldn't do was really frustrating. Um, I love the idea of one of one art, but you shouldn't tell me uh, how, how many days a week I should mint. Like, with all due respect, go fuck yourself. Um, and so really the, the people's potato was a response to that. It was saying, you know what, you're going to you're going to complain about rarity. You're going to complain about at the time um, 1155 was kind of new ERC 1155. Yeah. And Rarible had just, you know, introduced it. And they were talking about this is the end of the one-of-one one NFT, like really dramatic stuff, right? <laughs> and so I decided I'm going to mint one billion 
of these moshed photo mosh potatoes and um, and just use that as my my response to the idea of scarcity and rarity uh, being important an important aspect to art collection. Uh, really, that idea of scarcity and rarity was pulled from DeFi tokenomics, which I don't yeah. think 100% applies to uh, the art world. So there was that that sort of that was what was happening. And then yeah. eventually it evolved into what I what was called Tater Tech. And Tater Tech is the idea of using social liquidity mining. Um, I, I know I'm, am I, I'm, if I'm getting too deep, you just let me know. No, I love it. So social, cool. yeah, social liquidity <laughs> mining was the idea that I'm going to take the people's potato, attach it to a social token, and every time you shared it with a friend, you earned a percentage of that social token in return for sharing the people's potato. And the whole idea was the people's potato was, uh, it was super cheap, so it was 0.001 ETH. We're talking maybe four cents was what it was at the time yeah. uh, now it's like 25 cents or maybe 30 cents but it was super cheap so the idea was you can collect you know thousands of these and then share them and onboard your friends and the whole the whole concept was breaking down the barrier to entry for new people coming into the space by uh by by saying you know one you don't have to sell an artwork for thousands of dollars to make money in the space Two, anybody can come into the space and we don't and the way you could do that is my your friend can share you a very cheap artwork to bring you into the space and that was what so that's what tater tech and social liquidity mining was built around i would say the project itself wasn't a failure it was an experiment but it just hadn't evolved anywhere past um past when I, when i think the we proved the concept that you could, and this is before DeFi was really getting into yeah. NFTs. So we're talking early 2020. We're not talking about, we're, I don't even think we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, earning rewards with NFTs yet. Yeah. And that's what this project, the Tater Tech project was bringing into the space. That's that's really awesome. And it was, it was way ahead of its time because even like the the people who maybe did it like first in a, in a way that, that people were... Um, engaging with like Jordan with the meme project and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He came on here like the week he launched meme kind of by accident and all that. Yeah. And nobody, nobody yet, a few of us like Adele in that's in the, in the community chat right now. And uh, Jordan who came on what you're talking about. There are very few people going like, what if we, what if we stake the NFTs or what if we reward people? And, you know, and, and really it's a good, uh, it's a good, um, uh, sort of segue to, to Shiv what you're doing because you're sort of I think you're trying to bring these um, social tokens and these reward tokens and rewards and engagement that you can only do in crypto um, to more mainstream people right like we're using your platform and one of the reasons why I like the idea of using your platform for, for blockchain booze is because we've become such a tight-knit community and then like I want to start rewarding the people I actually have by the way, for everyone listening, I know the exact, since we switched to, to this system that we're on now, Remo, um, which is like a month or two into blockchain and booze, I know the exact minutes each person has been logged into the system hanging out with us on blockchain and booze. So there may be some rewards coming to those people based on how long they've been in the system and how long they've participated. Maybe even the people nice. that ask the question will, will be receiving something. And I'll probably be using Moonwalk uh, Shiv's 
company to do it, which is why, by the way, this week we launched a Discord. We had, we just started telling people about it. So right now it'll just be yeah. uh, us few, uh, a few of us in the community in that Discord. So jump in. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Crispin, I see you in the chat. Adele, I see you in the chat. You guys are definitely both in the top, you know, 15 or so. Um, uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, so Shiv, tell us a little more about your system. And, and I think we all get rewards and all these things. Um, but how how do you plan to bring it to maybe more mainstream people? I think Block Party, you got some musicians and people like that to use it. Yeah. How are you yeah, we started with uh, I started with this deal with the Sacramento Kings a while ago. We created a social token for them, maybe 2019. And the goal was to have this reward token that you could use around the city of Sacramento and hit a roadblock just because, you know, their entire tech team changed and, you know, everything didn't really continue on after that but we we set up moonwalk to do kind of the same thing initially with social tokens and then we realized well what about these collections why you know why don't we have collections as the way to unlock the community in the same way that is happening now and then use the tokens as an additional overlay where you can earn and spend the token throughout the community and then have a wallet in the middle where you can have you know connected metamask you can have your wallet unlocking enabling the unlock of experiences like a private virtual stream watching Alan play guitar, you know, for example, if you own the blockchain. And I, don't, I don't play guitar publicly, but I know this dude named Punk Apestrong that's really into it. So he might be doing that soon. I heard about that guy. Seen that guy all over Twitter. I heard, I heard, I heard hey, Bored listen. Becky and him are going to do a world tour of every crypto conference uh, there ever will be. So just saying. Yeah, cool. Um, that's cool. So the goal with having a like a SaaS platform that does NFT generative collections is not really so that we get another million NFT generative collections. Uh, it's it's more that why is the system so geared towards smart contract developers and you know why can't we have one of one artist creating thousand you know thousand unit collections um, just by creating some you know rarity with their own design? So we had. I don't know if you guys know Daniel Pan. He's a mm -hmm. influence in the space. He came on, launched his own collection. Um, am I cutting out a little bit? I think my connection's a little weak today. Um, no. you're, you're looking good. Yeah, it might be me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I had Daniel Pan come in. He created 10,000 of his own, you know, some skies, some clouds, and different sort of things that he wanted to do. He just came in, logged in, at, downloaded attributes, clicked mint, you know, set the items, uploaded the items to IPFS, created a contract and then sold them. And it was just, it, he didn't need to have a smart contract developer. He didn't need to have, you know, anything. And now he can unlock, enable his whole community to unlock different things that he wants to do, you know, with that wallet. So is that his guys of, collection? Yeah. Sorry. Is that his guys yeah, collection? Did you yeah. See that? You yeah, I, I'm I'm friendly with Daniel, so I'm I'm aware of the collection, but I didn't know that it was your product that was behind it. So I will I will check that out. Yeah, please do, please do. It's uh, I will just... say, Eric, I've been using I've been using it for the last few days, and it's a little too easy. There, there's going to be this like like Shiv said, it's it's going to be a little slippery slope. You're going to have to like uh, guard it a little bit, Shiv, so we don't get any really uh, really crappy projects. But I'm using it for Boring Stone right now. And by the way, um, a, a Reaper uh, NFT, who's a part of the community, has been making a lot of really epic uh, special art for it. 
and I've been doing some, there's going to be some Easter eggs, some cool stuff. Like if you're in the super world community, you'll, you'll notice some, some weird Easter eggs. If you're in the fame lady squad community, there's going to be some cool oh. stuff. And I'm going to talk to, to Becky about that in a minute, but like there's, there's all sorts of little Easter eggs we're throwing in. So there's a few days too with community members. If you have ideas, hit me up. Um, and we're going to crowdsource one part of it also. So, um, so pay attention on Twitter and stuff like that. I'll probably email everyone since, but, but, but yeah, sorry, sorry, Shiv. I, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, that, but, I mean, that's really the extent of it. It's not that, it's not that complicated. It starts with collections. It, it has a wallet in the middle and then you end up with earn and spend social tokens that eventually will end up in POS. So you can have the fun part at the front with the NFTs and then eventually, you know, for big brands, if we're dealing with them, they can, you know, work with sponsors and have last mile payment. Like, actually if, so if, it's kind of like if Sailor Gary Brewery uh, decides, or not brewery, but distillery decides to take, you know, like blockchain booze tokens as payment, uh, we could work something like that out here uh, through your system. 100%. Or if Fame Lady Squad has a deal with, you know, uh, Glossier, you know, and you can have Glossier, you know, lipstick. Yeah, in in you know discounts with Fame Lady Squad, we could we could execute that. Actually, I've got some Fame Lady Squad, so you know I've I've got my I'm ready <laughs> I'm ready for all that. You're ready. You're ready. <laughs> well, we're all so let's let's jump to 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 Ashley. Um, we uh, I think a lot of us are uh, Fame Lady Squad holders. Uh, my my daughter included. She's a huge fan of yours, so. Um, you know, I'd love to hear what's new, and I think you guys are working on some new things. And, and just to throw out there, the um, the the boring stone drop that I keep talking about this this one, um, you can see uh, uh, oh, yeah. my, my my daughter's uh, fame lady uh, Frankie Fame is 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 right front and center on some of those. Um, <laughs> she named her, um, and uh, so we're. we're we're definitely yes. We're oh, there. Uh, John Dorfman's back there reminding me. We're gonna call October Blocktoberfest. So every every weekend yes. in October, we're gonna have some awesome stuff. And I hope to have <laughs> Fame Lady Squad back because I think you're doing uh, something in October. And by the way, um, I think uh, we're we're locking down the details. But ten percent of the proceeds from the Boring Stone Drop are gonna go to support Fame Lady Squad and support. Um, uh, Ashley and Danielle and the whole crew who took over uh, a project without any money in it, which is kind of messed up. Wow. Every other project, just to set the stage, every every project that gets out there in these thousands of wallets has a budget because by default, if they're in thousands of wallets, they have a budget. But they took over basically a scam or at least a shady beginning project without having a budget, which really sucks. And because, you know, They've supported us and come on, and we've got we've seen what they did on blockchain and booze, and they've become my daughter's heroes for for saving her awesome NFTs. Uh, we want to support them, so so that's going to be a part of the boring stone drop. But I know you have something bigger planned for for later in the month of October, right? We have a bunch of stuff going on, and it's an evolution, right? So I think we we definitely had to find our footing over the last month, figure out like what's our initial strategy, what are some low hanging fruit things, what does the community want to see that's feasible, um, you know, all that stuff. And um, before I get into some of the things we're working on, we did um, this past week, we were offered 5% of the proceeds of the sales from Boss Beauty's NFT 
that just oh, dropped cool. and they sold out. So we they just delivered us about just shy of 40 Ethereum, which may Holy not be crap. Yeah, I know. And it's so exciting. And, um, you know, the founder over uh, Boss Beauties, her and I had met and chatted and, and this was a huge surprise for us. So it's that wasn't on our radar a week ago. Um, so it does open up some doors and we don't want to discourage other people who want to give to our community because we do still need the help. <laughs> so, um, but, but it's, hey, it's are we going to, are we pricing ours too little? Cause I'm trying to do the math in my head. I think, uh, I think that the current, uh, Reaper and Jason, Jason, the AP hustle house, by the way, is also involved. Um, and they were, uh, trying to price it at a cool, uh, I think it was going to be 0.03 ETH. Is that a good price for a drop? Is that too little? Because it sounds like the, if I do the math, at 5%, uh, 40 ETH, they sold theirs for a lot more. I think they were 0.08. And um, they did a really good job. I mean, we didn't know what to expect, right? Like all these yeah. projects are dropping all the time. And I will shout them out. Like their art is being featured in the New York Stock Exchange, which is very wow. cool. Like at, at the gallery, like not like yeah. in the exchange. But, but um, you know, they're representing women and, and helping um, support women in their careers, et cetera. So it makes sense in entrepreneurship and all of those good Love things. It. So so um, we're, we're so appreciative. And I just, I mention it because obviously we have gratitude, but also it's going to change our next couple of months and what we can yeah. do. So, because up until this point, we have, we are volunteer, um, you know, eventually we will pay ourselves uh, something. Um, but, you know, we've been looking at, you know, we, we needed to hire an artist for a project, like we're doing a, a drop to replace one of the crappy drops the previous team had done. Um, we're exploring utility. Um, we are launching a podcast, which is like a big part of our roadmap. And we're very, very excited. Um, that's about really empowering onboarding women into the NFT space um, and probably a bit beyond some of the things people have been thinking about this uh, past summer, but, you know, bringing in, you know, C-suite executive leaders across, you know, a variety of locations who are thinking about how do I start considering blockchain and smart contract technology into my business, energy, et cetera. Um, and just a creative voice for women. Uh, there's, this is a very inclusive, community we have men in our community who have just been rock stars who frankly we would not be here without the men in our community uh at this point so and i apologize my window's open and i'm downtown and you're about to hear a siren go by but um anyways it's we're very excited about that because i think it's gonna really help us lean in hard to our mission um we have folks who are helping us launch that and distribute it so it's very professionally done and consistently done and not like ad hoc <laughs> something that you hopefully will be very meaningful in this space over time um we are going to be we are sponsoring um nft nyc so we're going to be there we're going to have some sort of meetup we're going to be connecting with a bunch of people um and you know we're going to be launching some merch which is exciting so a lot of the things that we were planning for the fall was really keeping in mind our limited resources um and now as we're building out and we're seeing some success with like our, our by the way everybody like the entry point in terms of price for fame lady squad is still pretty accessible for anyone who's already in the nft space um and that being said our number of holders are growing pretty steadily which is very very nice to see um we'll talk probably i'm sure a bit about community um moving forward but um I think we're kind of at a place now where we can 
start strategizing a bit more for like what's the beginning of 2022 gonna look like and what are some really cool things um because there are you might be alluding to some stuff we haven't chatted about that i've maybe mentioned to you that we're exploring um but we're well i think i think that i the community was was saying things so because you you've mentioned a few times uh that you want to do some kind of something to replace the previous drop so so we do, yeah, we're doing a, we're doing a drop. The previous team launched these like, or dropped these um, crowns. Like, I, I, I mean, what happened this summer? Everyone dropped like a 10,000-ish project. And then immediately everybody wanted like some new token to go, like new NFT to go with the NFT they just got, right? And um, our, the team, the original team behind Team Lady Squad did these crowns. So they did follow through, they delivered. The art was people were not pleased. It didn't quite match. It didn't make sense. It wasn't really the fit. Um, so we do have some wins. The community voted early on in our um, takeover, if you want to call it that. We had a, a community town hall. We we put forward a few options that um, considered like what, what are some things that we can do. Um, and one of them was giving everyone the option to burn their stupid crowns and um, get some wings. And wings because for the period of time when we were figuring out how to, what it would mean to revive this community. Um, before we even had the smart contract, we were calling ourselves Project Phoenix for what now seems like forever ago for maybe a week. Um, but the whole idea of rising from the ashes, all of that stuff is very symbolic for our community. And we we found a female artist who's, who's awesome, who's really um, put together some cool stuff. So we've seen kind of where it is in the works. Hopefully we'll be able to announce um, a date for for these and i think it's just going to be a fun kind of celebration of burning those freaking crowns um really feeling like we're moving forward and then adding some utility which i i'm not really able to um comment on right yet but you know what are our ladies going to do, be have, to do by the way you have do you guys have the ownership of the crown contract also we do okay. yeah okay good. yeah I would assume there's going to be some people buying and selling the crowns in anticipation. There might be people who, like, I'm thinking right now, do I keep some of the crowns because will they get scarce? And then there's like this collector's thing. Although, I'll, I bet you what'll happen because the Fame Lady Squad NFTs that I own belong to my daughter, so uh, she'll make the decision, and I'm sure she'll love the the wings way better, so she'll want to burn them off. I, I think there there'll be a mix. There'll be a mix for sure. And and whatever's left over will be able to potentially sell. So uh, that that lends us a little bit of a hand as well. So. Oh, like maybe you do it timing wise, like there's 10,000 or so or whatever the number well, is. Well, we have, we have 8,888 ladies. So um, I believe the plan, we're going to have 8,888 uh, wings. Those who burn will get their free... Um, wings and those who don't uh, and some people may not be paying attention like there's obviously those yeah. folks out there too right so i did that with uh, another project recently i i went to go do something like a week too late and it was too late yeah it happens yeah. so yeah we'll but we're really That's excited and and the community's just coming together and everyone's just like we've got some real solid solid people that i think we're gonna have for life which has has been really cool <laughs> it's so cool to hear about you know, how you guys are thinking about utility and what's going to drive the community. Not just, I mean, and every project is doing it, but you know, to some degree, like the merchandise and things, but to really do things that um, just continually build and have momentum and 
and grow. Um, and then some secret secret things that no one knows about that'll you know that that'll, that'll keep the appetite wet. I think that's it's cool. It's not easy. I mean, we've got the platform that just creates them, but you know, beyond the beyond the drop, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do, and it's very. Um, and it's not that intuitive. People have to. Yeah, I've, I've actually got got a thought for for you guys, and, and I'd love your opinion. Like, I, it's not every day I get to just like have a hang session with people who are way smarter than me with this stuff. So I'll get uh, I'll get you guys' um, thoughts on this. And I apologize for bringing it towards the selfish angle and bringing up the the drop again. But what we were thinking about doing was. Um, doing the boring stone drop, getting people some special access, like maybe to private rooms in the in the blockchain booze discord. And then when we do our private events and stuff like that, like LA blockchain summit and all the rest of the stuff we do, we'll have like special meetups, different things. And there's a lot of cool, just random stuff we have planned and, and ideas for people who hold this, the original sort of Genesis one. But what I was going to do as a separate drop was give all of the top participants from blockchain and booze over the last two years a, uh, uh, I'll, I'll let it out, it doesn't matter, um, because all of you guys will be the ones that help me organize it anyway. Uh, I'm talking to the, the people in the chats. Um, uh, is a punk ape strong backstage pass, which will get you the same thing and maybe a little more because, uh, because you've been participating for the last two years. And I'm wondering though, is it just better to like maybe pre mine or pre mint like a couple hundred or the 300 of the boring stones and give those or do the separate do the separate punk ape strong backstage pass airdrop just to the top people in the blockchain boost community like uh what 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 do you guys think i, I can answer here um i, mean, I like you don't you, don't, you probably know what, no go ahead chef chef you guys are being too polite. I think Shiv's yeah. connection is a little slow, so he's catching up like yeah. 30 seconds behind us. So, I mean, I like the idea of the separate um, and gaining access, um, but there is something kind of cool to getting early access to the to the to the board, you know, to the to the magazine. Um, I think it depends on how you're thinking about future future utility of each token. So one of the companies I think that's out there that's doing really, uh, really good job of merging both the metaverse, the uh, the real world, as well as gaming and all of that kind of stuff is Royal Society of Players. Full disclosure, I'm actively involved in that community and have quite a few cards. So I, I don't want this to be seem like a shill. I just I don't really invest in projects that I that I um, don't have an emotional connection to or that I see something so. But um, they do a really great job of, of engaging the community through their Discord, um, all through gaining access through the original, uh, the original collection itself. And then the original collection is built out into tiers. So you can, it's basically, the original collection is basically um, a card set. So you can collect, a, you know, a real flush four of a kind and there, there are all these different tiers built into it so i think they oh, do wait, really were these originally dropped also as airdrops because i do have mm -hmm. a couple uh that look like cards like in mm -hmm. my wallet or maybe i participated in something and got it now I'm gonna there are a couple that are out there i don't think that these were originally dropped as airdrops though okay say the name of the community again just so that everybody can sure it. 
and I talk a little fast so you could slow me down. Uh, Royal Society of Players is, Royal yeah, and they recently just dropped Royal Society chips as a, as a secondary drop, sort of the the board ape model, right? Everything we're doing now is built on the the model that the board apes really yeah. introduced into in the space uh, in late in in early April 2021. So, um, you know, they've really just done some amazing work there. Yeah, they, they really do continue to set the standard. And I love I love just watching how they work. You know, like I I have been having DMs with Gordon and, and various people in that sort of team and they're they they're just really humble people who who just come up with really cool shit. So um they're just starting to get like, into IRL stuff, right? Yeah, we've they've got the they've got different I mean you saw Roadmap 2.0 really really interesting stuff that they're trying to do and eventually there's a lot more meetups and um, things that, that will happen in the future um, but yeah I mean I'm still I don't know if you guys are but still part of the community and I just keep holding on to see, you know, see what see what I can be a part of in that ape community but Royal Society, I missed out on Royal Society players I don't know if it's still cheap enough for me to get in but I'd love to see it's, it's it good is. to hear yeah. cool stuff I think uh, the floor is 0.18. It's not, it's not anywhere near apes. I think, um, you know, it's a long haul sort of investment. I would say I missed out on apes. um, Cause at the time when these collections were really being, you know, to me, everything was art focused. So I was, I was looking at the art and I was like, it looks cartoony. It's not really like what I'm into. I'm an artist. I am too highbrow for this cartoony stuff, you know, all that kind of, <clears throat> I, uh, I to- so I totally missed that. And punks too. I looked at punks when they were half an ETH, quarter of an ETH. Yeah. And the whole time they're going up. I'm like, I don't really want, I don't, I don't like it visually. <laughs> I don't like it. And I didn't really get the mindset of sort of w- w- the cultural significance. And the cultural significance for me was really heavily focused on what, what the artists were doing, because that was like proof of concept that this would work at scale and then the collections came after that. And so I was still stuck in the mindset of like, oh, it's not art. It's not art. And wrongfully so, because there are some really amazing projects that are doing uh, really great things out there. World of Women, the, the Fame Lady Takeover, the, um, you know, Gary V with who I think really pushed the boundary on how to in, how to integrate sort of what he's good at, which is, you know, giving access to himself and irl events and things of that nature and now we're starting to see that you know permeate all the other projects going forward yeah yeah i mean i would i would say that i've been participating in these things but i bought nfts you know a few years ago but i in my opinion it was like honestly the only person who was kind of doing it right a few years ago to give him massive credit because i love this man uh, as much as i think some of my friends might discount him because he's such a goofball is ken bozak Ken Bozak did a support badge. Legend. 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 He he did a support badge NFT that I bought for like $4.20 like four years ago from him. Like who even, I didn't know how to display an NFT when I bought it. He taught basically by buying it, I had to learn what an NFT was. And then I was, I remember showing Joseph, my partner, MNFTs and, uh, and, um, uh, and, you know, uh, um, 
minting on an airplane sitting next to Joseph an NFT from my phone using uh, Mintable at the time. And I remember like just mind blown that I was able to do it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it was not without, you know, extra hurdles, but it was, it was epic, right? But nobody did it in the sort of community engagement ways they're doing it today, right? I bought only bought NFTs that were just cool artists trying something new. And I went, wow, I like that art. Nothing I could ever do myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing it right. Yeah, that, and that's it. what it was. Yeah. That's what it was at first. It was, you know, cool pictures I, we could buy. And I, I was with you in kind of discounting some of them just because it was like, like I didn't get the community part of the NFT. Yep. I just was like, that art's not my thing. So, you know, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't until I started to see the influence that the, that the punk community was having, cause they had that discord and their discord. If you had an, if you had a punk in your profile, you had like, I don't want to call it access, but it was access to a certain level, certain community, certain level of like yeah. respect. And they just started, you know, influencing and driving conversations and influencing what projects were, you know, like Hashmax was introduced in the punks. Yeah. Uh, the punks yeah. discord and it took off from there because it, they got behind it. So like, and that one is maybe not as appreciated today no. uh, compared to some of the others, even though the it's the complexity and what they did and the different layers and the craziness and how kind of nerdy and awesome hash masks is. is maybe maybe, maybe yeah. too nerdy. <laughs> Maybe too, maybe too obscure, but it was insane. Yeah. Like where people yeah. found those Easter eggs, like if they took the backgrounds, they like ran them through processors and realized that like they had code in like, or like, you know, like it was just crazy stuff that like, it was every week there'd be some mind blowing tweet where I'd be looking at it, trying to understand how the person even figured out the like Easter egg in the background of the hash mask. Yeah. It like, doesn't get the respect it deserves. It also launched after Right, right before you know, uh, apes, yeah, and apes just took over profile pictures and and the community and the excitement and you know it was, I don't want to say like better art, but apes was more more engaging art. Yeah, well, also there is yeah. something in all of technology and consumer software and things like that, but there's constantly this push and pull between um, simplicity. And, and utility and, 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 you know, like think about our favorite products today don't have all the bells and whistles that maybe they would have had 10 years ago. We, I joked with somebody uh, in the ape community about MySpace because uh, they said something about MySpace and I actually used to work at MySpace and it was so funny, but there was this moment in time where everybody loved how customizable MySpace was. And you could let your freak flag fly and everyone could have their different page and everyone learned a little bit of CSS and HTML. But then Facebook came around and psychologically, I think that we all actually want a level playing field where we can be judged by, you know, the, the, on the same level, right? And, and I think that that's part of what made Facebook more better. It made more better, uh, made Facebook better um, because it was just simple, easy to use and everyone had the same page. Now it's gotten, you know, become what it is today. But yeah. You know, I this think this is edginess. This might have all these crazy things, but to the average person, they like doesn't look as cool as my ape. You know, well, there's a level of accessibility, right? Yeah. That's what that's what I think Facebook gave was a level play level playing field to accessibility. Because if if you didn't have a cool page in MySpace, that was how that was your profile picture, right? Your profile picture was yeah. your entire page. Could you learn to embed audio, video, slideshows? I hear all these hacks 
automatic, right? like, play yeah. music, like it play something loud and, and aggressive and yeah. offensive when somebody came to my page, right? Yeah. Like, that was that was on purpose. Um, yeah. My cube and MySpace kind of look like a MySpace profile, by the way. I put the most offensive punk rock flyers up in my cubicle because I thought, <laughs> like, one, I wanted to see if anyone would say anything to me. And then two, I was like, that was like the part of the culture, right? Like it was literally like, I, I purposely went and found uh, and printed like the most offensive ones just to see if anyone there would like say anything. But it was just part of, again, part of the culture. It's kind of insane to think about now. And I'd be a bit embarrassed by it today, probably uh, just thinking about some of the things, but it's kind of fun. Um, but you know. what do you guys think? I mean, a question for you guys, because I mean, everyone's sort of creating and doing new things in the, you know, in the generative kind of space or, or, or evangelizing things that are already out there. What the question that always comes up when a new data comes onto our platform, because it's, it's easy to generate is how do you, how do you choose what, what are those things like the potatoes? I mean, who would have thought potatoes would kick off? I mean, I remember another person in the space was like, I'm going to do potatoes. I'm going to do potatoes and, and potatoes magically came out and now longer he's not going to do potatoes anymore, but there, there's certain things that, that, that take off that click like fame ladies. Cause they were just attractive, you know, but interesting and unique, um, you know, first kind of women, oriented project um mm -hmm. i don't know are, are there certain things that you find that click or do you think it's just you know a bunch of background marketing like maybe pudgy penguins and you know a lot of marketing work with people who are associated with the crypto punks and it ends up in that discord and they'll market squiggles i mean what, what are what are those key drivers that make things work you know is, is a big thing that i think about i have lots of opinions but i i like to hear from Ashley because I could be overbearing. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I can only share my perspective and more so as one like someone who's now been involved in this project and then me as a like fairly new collector still in the space, right? So the reason I got into Fame Lady Squad was very similar to the reason I bought my ape. The difference was I didn't mint my ape, I minted my Fame Ladies. Um, and that was also around the IP. And so for someone like me, I, I was very interested in the commercial use of the, um, but that's why I bought my apes. I thought, you know what, this is kind of fucking cool. Like, I think I can do something with this, you know, and, and whether that's like big scale, small scale, um, I thought I could probably do something fun with this, even if it's just me, like putting together my first stupid Etsy account or something and doing some merch, right? And I thought the same thing with Fame Lady Squad. I just thought there's versatility and like the storyline you could create. And, and, and there's a difference between, I think, where you're betting on something from day one versus watching it from the outside for a month or two or even a few weeks and just seeing like, what's the, what's the um, buy-in? Like, what are people, you know, are people really into this or not? And, and so and I think some art is more um, better suited to be appreciated and you like it versus you think you can use it. Like that's 
for me is like a total layman's like noob looking at stuff from that perspective when i'm looking at stuff i'm kind of like can you use it and um i think you know one of the areas that i haven't really spent much time in but i feel like some others have and there's still all the day trading crap i'm sorry i shouldn't say crap there's all the people buy and sell their success for different reasons right um but like a lot of people are like well i'm buying anything that's cute and 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 people are doing really well buying shit that's cute and it's you know maybe there's something there that you yeah. can do um or maybe there's some potential and people are just imagining what could be um that's just the i feel like that's my observation is people are all trying to create what they think these nfts might mean whereas uh, like i love world of women as, as as an example and i think that um and i own world of women um and i and i've seen some beautiful derivatives I'm curious to see where a community like World of Women goes versus, say, a community like Fame Lady Squad goes, just in terms of like how the art is interpreted and used. And because um, for me, I, I see World of Women as like, I want to print it. I want to put it on my wall. I really like it. Um, I feel like I can make Fame Lady Squad. This is I'm not just trying to say one's better than the other. It's more just like, how am I thinking about these things? Like one, I think I could make into a comic book <laughs> and do something really rad with it. Um, and so I, I think it depends on how the evolution of the holders in the NFT space come about too. Like who's buying, why are they buying? And it has to go kind of beyond the day trading stuff too, because that has its yeah. place. Like are people appreciate it? And now some of, I've always enjoyed art. Like I have an artistic spirit. I love music as all knows, right? Like I've, but I've never been a, a buyer of expensive art, right? And now I'm inclined to start buying stuff that, you know, where I don't know that I would have done that otherwise. Um, and those are things that I'll probably just want to keep and hang on to. And I'm sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but I do think beyond all of this is also like, what does it mean? What are you stating to the world by owning it? Um, what's the statement yeah. you're making? And well, yeah, what one thousand percent. I'm also wondering, like, with you know, like I can come up with things in relation to my my day job and my business, and somehow, like, I do say this to people in our space all the time. I get like I ask them if this is real life because sometimes it's like somehow I found making these NFTs and goofing around and doing this show um, my my actual day job. Um, but like I can I can kind of connect NFTs or community engagement to that as like you know our conference business and mostly our conference is all about investing in the cool companies and people we find. We don't really make money doing a free conference for everyone in the world, right? And, but the whole point, like I, if what I was getting at is I can figure out how it connects to my business. But like for some of these groups that are doing like uh, like Fame Lady Squad sort of from scratch, right? Or, or um, Bored Apes from scratch, right? Like where do you think the future is going to go? Do you think that they're going to, it's going to get more into the real life world, right? Like kind of like you know you're talking about meeting up with everyone in new york like if fame lady squad became the biggest most successful nft campaign in the world or or eric some of these other ones that you're talking about or shift some of these ones that you power what's next right is it going to be is it going to bridge the gap into the real world is it going to bridge the gap out of into the metaverse or or maybe it depends on the project and i'm just i'm just trying to think like what's next right yeah. like how do we where do we take it next? So I think I, I, 
Yeah, okay, got it. Good. <laughs> so I, I think I like to first take a look at it holistically in terms of where we are um, in the current state of things. And I think it was about a month or two ago where uh, the entire Bloomberg had estimated that about, there were about 40,000 monthly active wallets. We know that many of us own more than one wallet. So I conservatively estimate that the community size is about 27,000 monthly active users. That's really fucking small. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's significantly larger than it was when I was here in 2019. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20x. Well, the data says that our the space, at least 33x more people are talking about crypto on the internet today mm -hmm. than we're talking about it online during the time of our last in-person conference, which is not last year, but the year before. Less than two years, about 33x the number of people talking about crypto. So it probably means about 33x the community has grown in those two years you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And then so when I think about that, it's like, it's like we're so early, right? So the future is, the future is great, great to think about. And where, where I think the future is going to go is, more IRL related AR, you know, I don't think we're going into a ready player one experience. I think AR surpasses VR eventually at some point. And that's, that's the world, that's the ready player one world we live in. Um, and then, you know, VR is sort of where we are and, you know, go into space to extend our reality. But um, I think in the short term where we go is people want to say gaming. And I think that's smart, right? It's an easily accessible, um, a connection to make there, but I think real estate and and then products is like uh, high value products, cars and things of that nature is actually where the next in, you know, utility innovation will come from NFTs. What about so? I was thinking about real estate. I, I think about real estate a lot in relation to it because I actually had a call earlier today with Rish. He's the founder of Superworld, and they like they basically made an NFT mm. like. 21 billion NFTs for every square block in the world, basically, right? And I, not so famously, maybe only the people on blockchain and booze know about this, I constantly tweet about going on hikes in my super world plan because I bought the hiking trails by my house and it's like this, this silly thing that I do, right? But I think about that because it's like, that's a real estate innovation, right? Like imagine I own, for example, the West Hall, that's the lobby area of the LA Convention Center, where we have our normal um, like entrance for the for the LA Blockchain Summit, right? And one day that's going to be an NFT gallery during our conferences for AR, right? And that's the reason why I bought it. And I'm going to actually do an AR gallery on my hiking trails, which will be kind of funny because it kind of defeats the whole so purpose good. of leaving the house and going on a hike. But, but that that's beside the point. Um, but I think that like. What happens, what about like these collectibles and things like that over things like this? Like I could, we could some, we could probably find a friend, maybe somebody in the chat today that can make a uh, very simple webcam uh, software filter for us that lets us display the, um, lets us display our, um, our NFTs collectibles, right? Like I, what if I said, I'm wearing, I got my Lunar Crush hat always on display behind behind my desk, right? Um, and I always wear it. But what if I had a super cool glasses or a hat or something like that, that I only could buy as an NFT. And it's now, you know, and it makes me a part of this new community that I really want to be a part mm -hmm. of. I want to wear that in a Zoom call, 
but I also want to wear it in a Google Hangouts call. And this thing happens to be in a different system, so I want to wear it for that too. So you need some kind of webcam plugin or something that lets yeah. you display NFTs that you own. And taking that so many steps further, maybe it's the color of a car, like in the future where you can change colors or or that, and, or that the building that you're in, uh, I don't know, can display something. I don't know. I'm taking it multiple steps. But I was explaining to my eight-year-old nephew what I did. And I said, listen, he, he's he's big into in, into Fortnite and, and Roblox. And I said, imagine an NBA 2K. And I said, imagine one day that you can take a skin from Fortnite and put it on LeBron James NBA 2K. That's the world I'm, I'm living in. That's the world I'm trying to work in and develop. And he asked me every day. Did you develop that? Tech? Did you develop that yet? Can I put my Fortnite skin on LeBron yet? And I'm like, no, buddy, not yet. We're we're not there quite yet. But like, that's the power, the, and that's sort of what you're talking about, Alon. Is like, I own this NFT. I plug it into this 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 webcam filter, and this webcam filter allows me to use my NFT hat into you know into every experience that I have, and it looks like a real hat because we could do things really really well. Yeah. And show show like it fits my head and all that kind of great stuff and you know I think that's an important aspect and that's that's an addendum to the world that we're living in on Twitter which is this this profile picture pride and and pride and like personality that's coming out of owning our NFTs now. It's, it's I think the, the beginning is the, the beginning where you have the the profile pictures. I think it's still going to become. It's still going to be front center because what we were talking about three years ago was digital identity. Digital blockchain is digital identity. I mean, what do we? What is digital identity now? It's your, it's your ape or your, or your punk or your, you know, or your alt punk. I mean, it's it's really, it's really now becoming the front face of your how you interact in the world. And now that most of us are sitting at home, except Becky's in a hotel. But I mean, <laughs> most of us are sitting at home. Nowadays, the only thing that we have to represent ourselves digitally, our digital identity, are these profile pictures. I mean, I don't, I know you guys, you know, by your profile pics and, and now meeting you for the first time, you know. In I life. think, I think I finally, well, I think I finally identify with some of my friends who like had cool cars that they like really, it was like part of their identity where on the weekends I'd make fun of them as a punk rocker, but like mm -hmm. they'd be out there washing the car and I'd be like, but but really, like it's very similar. Like you know, or I never was into watches. Yes. You know, like it's just not the right age, and it's just not my thing. So, yeah. but I, I kind of get now why some of my friends were like super stoked on that watch they got, or super mm -hmm. excited on the car that you know they got, and, and and all that stuff because it's it is an extension of their identity to the to their community, right? To the community that means something to them, and that's very similar to what we're doing here, right? Like. Yeah. It's oh yeah, I met G Money the other day at a conference and I was like, he goes, I'm G Money. And I'm like, the ape. And, and, and we, we had this whole conversation around. I didn't meet him because he was like, you know, it was just a funny conversation because he was, I, rep I referred to him as an ape, but he was, he was just this guy standing in front of me like, and the same thing, you know, when I meet people like you guys and I'm like, oh, you know, how do I, how do I represent you in my head? It, yeah. it says this PFP. So, I think that's front and center, and I think it'll always be front and center. All these have, utility things will come out over time. I'm having merch made for NFT NYC that has my has my profile picture on it, so people can 
make the connection. I think that's um, because that's how people see us, right? On Clubhouse, on Twitter, on all of my on Discord, I'm the icon, unofficial you know, punk number zero. The the amount of money people spend on conferences, here's something we should do for the next LA Blockchain Summit or something like that. What if we could? What if we could literally make the badge on like a little small um, a small tablet display, and the badge is a tablet, and your profile picture would be on it, and then all of a sudden, like you you can uh, you can see the person, but like it wouldn't be that hard. It would be a little bit tough with batteries and things like that. It might be a little heavy around our necks or something, but like it might be a cool thing. Or maybe e-ink displays at a certain point could 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 do that, right? A lot more recognizable than trying to look at a person's name, right? We oh, totally. we see images and, and recognize images faster than we do reading a sentence. Yeah. Becky, I think you were saying we went on a tangent. That's okay. No, I just, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit because I, I see what everyone's saying and I actually, I fully agree. Um, but, there, you know, let's just, there, there's, a, there's a version of where this all fits in our nerdy little world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it, there's probably a space for many of us where this doesn't fit, right? Like, for example, there's a reason I'm bored Becky on Twitter because my professional like existence online does not have an ape on it, at least not yet, right? Like, it very well may. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling a little bit cooler nowadays where I'm sitting, like I'm at a conference right now and I am in real estate and, and I sit on boards, et cetera. So I'm actually really super excited to be able to be like, pretend like I'm some sort of blockchain expert while we're all talking about disruption. Yeah, so, but but like, so it's, it's now seeping into some people's uh, worlds in terms of like, even understanding that NFTs fucking exist, right, <laughs> like, right. right? Like what's an NFT? What is that again? And like every once in a while, someone kind of has heard of it and I'm so excited, right? And so, you know, I'm still figuring out where it all works. And, and that's what, like, I do think there's gonna, depending who you are, what your objective is, depending your project, what the project's objective is, it, I think it's gonna go both ways. Some projects are gonna really lean heavily into like the metaverse, et cetera, all that stuff. And people are gonna be able to do what they do together, whether it's meeting virtually or gaming or all those things. And then there's the other side where you're gonna like, you're really building a brand that's going out and people start learning about, they may never own an NFT ever. They probably will at some point not know that's what it is. Um, but yeah. but but they're more like i think the apes are emerging into this place where it's like becoming a brand and some people may never know that, that it stemmed from nfts like they might just recognize like if netflix decided or someone decided to do some sort of kick-ass show about board apes there it's very likely that a ton of people would never know that they're non-fungible tokens right like 